Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that brings you the latest insights and strategies for career development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and grateful you're joining me for another informative conversation. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for being here. And let me share a little bit about myself. In addition to hosting this podcast, I'm a nonprofit leadership coach and speaker, best-selling author, and the facilitator of our exclusive Mastermind Leadership Development Program. And by the way, if you're looking for a transformative experience to enhance your nonprofit leadership skills, check out our Mastermind Program at PattonMcDowell.com for more information. Well, I had another great conversation to share with you in this episode. And joining me from the Los Angeles area is Bob Green, the lead partner for Singer Lewak's business informatics advisory practice. And basically, Bob specializes in providing strategic IT planning and direction for growing organizations, which, of course, can pose unique challenges for those of us in the nonprofit sector as we deal with the sometimes complicated nature of our technology. Now, I know you're going to appreciate his expertise in navigating these complexities, given the multiple technology platforms you're probably juggling right now, and how you can better meet the requirements of each of these constituencies, whether it be your staff, your volunteers, your donors, or the individuals and families you serve. Bob also shares great insight on the keys to effective IT governance, and we also explore the concept of business informatics and how nonprofit leaders like you can benefit from a successful digital transformation. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. It's number 216. You can find them on the podcast page at PattonMcDowell.com. And while you're there, take a moment to learn more about Bob and the great work he's doing through Singer Lee Wax Advisory Practice. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Bob Green. Bob, thank you for joining me on the path. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to be here, Pat. Uh, frankly, it's kind of uh, serendipitous how quickly this all turned into something. So thank <laughs> I you. I would agree. You and I met at a conference on the West Coast, and I was delighted to learn more about the work you do. And I think the natural connections to your expertise and the nonprofit community, because frankly, I might be representative of many listeners, Bob, when they hear phrases like IT governance and digital transformation, they're like, wow. You know, that is not a native skill set of mine. So, and, and I wonder in some cases, the nonprofit leader might say, well, Bob, you know, I'm just a nonprofit. That really is not the kind of thing I have to worry about. But I'm guessing you would differ with that. In fact, what do you think is the biggest concern you have for nonprofit leaders on these topics? Well, I think uh, first off, you're, you're spot on. I, I do differ, um, not because it's a world I live in. I mean, my background, as people can probably tell from the intro, um, is is certainly not not necessarily IT only. Um, I've been in a, the CFO role in C-suite and a VP, and it's it's like you know these things do fall on leadership. And if you're in leadership of a nonprofit, you should be aware. And I'm sure you you've seen situations yourself that say, you know what. Um, Nonprofits sometimes have even more of a risk uh, around the IT arena because right, of right. often, you know, maybe less funding or less paying attention to things like cyber and, you know, even just the, not the ability to hire necessarily all the all the all the most uh, pricey talent out there either. You know, is an issue. So I think it's 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 one of those things where in nonprofit it's almost exacerbated. You know, we've seen more risks uh, it come come to come to fruition. But I think you know if you ask what my biggest concern was uh, right, uh, really right. facing long you know nonprofit leaders, I think it really depends on the nonprofit type. So I'll share what I mean by that. Um, 
you know, nonprofit types range from, of course, membership organizations. And, and for the listeners that are on that, then, of course, I, I understand that space very well. Uh, Pat and I actually got a chance to meet. Um, and in those situations, those tend to typically have a little bit better funding and seem to be concerned most about how do they maximize their use of things like their data and how can they get better analytics and maybe they can do a better job of tying their sometimes disparate software applications and data into a better harmonized situation. Right. And, and that's a good place to be, right? Um, if I'm in the services sector dealing with community needs, uh, particularly I'm here in LA and there's a lot of uh, homeless services organizations getting grants and, you know, if this is a donor or a, or a grantee uh, situation for a nonprofit, their needs are very different. Uh, their concerns are, how can I get the work done that I've been tasked to do and funded to do with systems and, and procedures and, and, and policies and protocols that are just outdated and not capable of letting us be efficient. Um, it's a passion of mine too, because we're seeing just, you know, the need to help so many people here and the, these nonprofit leaders of all facets, finance, administration, leadership, whatever, they can't, they can't get their jobs done effectively. And, and they're always stressed about complying with the uh, grantors needs to make sure they're being accountable for the impact they make. Right. So I don't mean to go too long, too long on that, but no, I, I just want to make point. sure you, I see it different depending on the kind of nonprofit and, you know, both are important. Uh, one's more of a, I would argue a, a fun, enjoyable part process to, to deal with the <laughs> harvesting data. The other one's a lot more critical need. Yeah. 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 Anyway, thanks. Great question. Sorry. Well, it's a good way to start. And again, you understand the spectrum of, of leadership that exists in this listening audience because they are, you know, in terms of different sectors, different size and scope of their organization. But I would say in agreeing with you, despite my opening, that this is probably not something that always rises to the top of a nonprofit leader's priority. And in fact, given the advent of technology that you see up close, uh, it needs to be. And so that's why I'm glad, again, you're with me for this conversation. But before we unpack some of these issues and, and frankly, educate uh, ourselves, um, talk about some of the experiences you've had, Bob, that led to the work you're doing now and informs this conversation about you know nonprofit leadership in these areas. Well, thank you. Thank you, Patton. Um, your readers don't know this. Or I say, say your listeners don't know this, but I'm, I'm not 25. So um, I've been through a few, <laughs> a few decades of experience here. And, um, you know, I, I will just say this, you know, I was a, I was a CPA uh, originally as an auditor at Pricewaterhouse and I and, and really enjoyed that work, but really wanted to get more entrepreneurial. So this is actually taking you down the quick journey of how I got here because it's relevant to the IT importance. I, I realized once I became in the seat of an of, a, of an executive officer of a company, you know, all of a sudden things start really mattering a, a lot as they are my responsibility, right? And I thought I'm going to do a really good job of making sure that this business I'm in is systematized appropriately. We've got good workflows and things, and you know, I really took it seriously to undertake that 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 need. And I realized that you know there is I, I've learned so much about. Uh, how a client should be taken care of in the CFO chair or the COO chair or whatever it might be, executive director chair, because I was in that chair and I was so poorly served by the by the technology offerings and the people that were providing services generally that I learned what not to do. And I also learned what I wanted more of. Right. Um, and, and I realized, you know, at the time, uh, and this is before we had such beautiful uh, capabilities in, in the technology space uh, that we have today. You know, I really wanted my data to sing. I wanted my data to, to mean something to me and to make you know, decisions based on good information. And, you know, I knew that the heart of that was processing it well and keeping data in a good integrative state. 
it, that's not something you can take for granted ever, you know? And so I realize right. how hard right. that is at being in that chair. So I think once I left being a CFO um, and why, you know, kind of got me drawn into, maybe I'll go do this better than the people who are coming to help me. <laughs> that's, that's really how I got here. And I, I've been doing it for 20 plus years on this end. And I, I, I just want to help uh, as our team does uh, organizations mature with their systems needs and, and uh, also their maturity around IT governance. So it's, it got me here. So well, and that's it's fantastic. And again, I think your experience serves you well, obviously, across many sectors. In fact, Bob, what what does your company do? What do you do literally in terms of day to day types of support you provide? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, you know, our, our work uh, it, it succinctly is we are really the strategic IT uh, direction team uh, hired by organizations that really are looking to have somebody at the table at the board level or at the management team level to help shape and make sure that the IT strategy is following along and also helping lead the organization in concert. And we're kind of jumping to IT governance, but in concert with, you know, what whatever the business strategy is. And we're able to kind of remember as, uh, as you've heard in elections, you know, it's, a, it's about the strategic direction, comma, stupid, you know, right. we've seen that on right. chalkboards. Um, it's like, let's keep focusing on why we're here and why we're doing this. And sometimes because we're not the ones plugging in the firewall and we're not the ones actually, you know, pounding on the code, um, it's a good role for us to be and and direct people that do that, but also put together strategic plans for their IT to tie into their business strategy. That's in a nutshell what we do. Um, everything else is a matter of just kind of helping oversee selection of software, helping with their cybersecurity program and making sure that they're compliant with things and all that. And we do a lot of that spectrum, but the big picture is just making sure people have a leadership uh, component and a strategic experience team uh, helping guide kind of where they can go with what they have. Yeah, well put. And again, I'm glad the the illustration that you use of, of the kind of senior table is one I think both literally and figuratively nonprofit leaders need to think about in terms of bringing these technology topics to the forefront of their leadership and of their strategy. And so I'm glad that, again, I think a takeaway from this conversation is going to be exactly that. But let's start with, again, for sure. those less familiar, uh, you know, the the headline or the, the title of this episode, of course, featured the term IT governance. So, mm -hmm. Bob, what exactly do you mean by IT governance? I know it sounds professorial, right? <laughs> um, exactly, so, exactly. And, and, and you're 100% right. It's not I, IT strategy is typically not always on the top of people's list. So it, particularly in nonprofit, they, they're often fighting fires that they just can't slow down for. But here's the thing. I'll look at it two ways. First off, IT governance, let's talk about the objective of, of IT governance. It really, it is what I was alluding to earlier. It is, it is essentially trying to have the management team of a company tie the IT strategy and the initiatives that are undertaken or projects that are undertaken around IT, tying them directly to the strategic initiatives of the organization. Thinking about a nonprofit situation, it gets a little more challenging because having trying to meet this objective of good IT governance has a lot more inputs, right? You've got chair, you've got board uh, members, you have volunteers sometimes, you have donors, you have you know, all kinds of different constituents, membership, right? And they all kind of want to say in where the organization's going. So sometimes in a, in, a, in a nonprofit, if I can flavorize this, it's even harder to say, well, where is the organization's strat, strat plan? And what are you trying to accomplish? Because right, everyone right. kind of has a different view. And I would, I would assume you've seen that in a lot of your clients, right? Indeed. You see Indeed. so many different, different. So anyway, IT governance is essentially the tying of the of IT strategy instead of some random rogue bunch of projects that are on the IT guys, you know, or gal's desk. It's just not the right, it's not it's just not the right way to govern IT. And if I may, I think there's two more facets. Please. Um, 
one is, you know, let's think about why it's important. So uh, one is that executive leaders of all kinds, nonprofit and for-profit, are being held to be responsible uh, for security and the quality and the safeguarding and the use of, you know, organizations, uh, organizations' data and their digital yes. assets, right? So for me, there's no better way to focus on taking care of that responsibility than stepping up and saying, look, I may not be the IT genius. I may not be the one who knows how to do all the things that need to be done as an you know, executive officer or as a, as a member of management. But boy, do I know that we need to focus on how to, how to make sure we are taking care of our responsibilities. And so from there, it really kind of comes down to the organization's leadership and management team saying, let's take responsibility for ensuring that we're tying those things together and meet about this on a regular basis to make sure that we're staying on top of it, but involve IT and have them support these things. And that last nuance, Patton, is super important because I think most organizations, particularly as you described, they just not on the top of their list. Right. A lot of le leaders think, hey, IT's got this. And uh, you know, that's fine. My, my, my IT director, she's, she's good. She's got everything under control. Well, you know what? I, I guarantee you, particularly in a nonprofit space, unless they're particularly <laughs> large, that's not true. Yeah, so, I agree. right? So, I think the idea is that governance becomes a management function, not a IT team function. And the IT team becomes a very critical part of the execution of the IT plan, but they are not the ones who should be driving IT governance. It should be the organization's leadership and the board. So, I hope that helps. That's, that's, uh, a well, bit it's of a very power. helpful. And I do, do in, if I'm a nonprofit leader, Bob, do I start, do I need to simply assess where I am now? And again, I, in many cases, I'm guessing I need an external support if it's not a native expertise at my nonprofit. You know, we might be outsourcing IT now and not have anyone internally on the staff side. So do we start with an assessment? Because then I'm guessing it leads to their policy issues, hardware, software, maintenance, and all these issues. But where would you suggest if somebody says, all right, Bob, I agree with you. I need to assess. What would you do? Oh, you're so spot on. Um, you know, and, and again, I know you've seen situations like this, you know, where you walk in and you realize, well, you know, this organization seems to have a lot of things going on in a lot of corners. Right. <laughs> you know? right. um, but, but I, you know, looking in, and trying to establish a legitimate IT strategy is something that, you know, most, most mid-sized and smaller uh, nonprofits don't necessarily have a CIO that's particularly strategic. And if they right. don't, people like us or others can step in and help because, you know, and even if they do, it's always good to have a second eye. The, the concept to me is exactly kind of where you're going, which is, let's assess what we have. IT is not just a bunch of siloed things going on in a company, right? Usually it is when when we walk in, uh, but the idea is, okay, let's, let's just slow it down and think about what's important. This again goes back to what's important for the organization, whether it's association or, or a donor group or whatever. How do we make sure that this nonprofit has you know, an ability to know what IT needs it will have on a strategic level. And then we just essentially have to do an assessment of, is there a gap or, you know, are there fits to what they have versus where they should be? And that may sound short and sweet. It is not necessarily easy, but it's doable. And we also, at the same time, want to assess where, where the organization is on the maturity level. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. you know, of cyber risk as well as uh, just business process efficiencies and all kinds of things. So I hope I'm answering that that as you're as you were well, framing because I I think it's yeah. yeah okay yeah it's it's really a process but it's not hard to do without you know if you if you have the right resources around inside or outside. So well, and I guess I'd underline what you said previously. I mean, there are multiple risks to not dealing with this, but. I would think as a, a recovering fundraiser, Bob, from my <laughs> career, donor, 
donor data or breach breaches of our donors data would seem to me to be one of the greatest risks that or a wake up call for me to do something about it. But is there anything else you would say? Well, you know, other key risks that, again, we need to be looking for or be aware yes, of? It's, yeah, it's so sad. And in nonprofits, our, our, our lead for cyber would tell me I'd be crazy not to mention this is that in nonprofits, sometimes the challenge, you know, not only is that type of data you're describing valuable, and by the way, also would be the in an in a, in a organization doing service and such, like I mentioned, homeless services or, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it might be, the, the data about those constituents that are being served is also equally completely at risk, right? A because that's, that's very sensitive sometimes HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA compliant issues. Right, right. And the problem is, right, because these organizations are often so poorly structured around IT security um, and just IT risk management that, you know, the, the, the org- these are even more exposed, right? So, you know, if I was to start somewhere, if I'm, a, if I'm in management and I'm thinking about my IT issues, I would certainly have an emphasis on what are the most sensitive digital assets I own? Right. Yep. And are we really yep. taking care of them? And and again, I'm not going to go too far in the weeds here, but that that is an absolute highlight of where to kind of get started and what to be thinking about in in particular in a nonprofit. So, would that drive Bob your your investment advice? In other words, I'm a nonprofit. I, mm-hmm. I have limited resources, and I'm I'm just seeing costs again: hardware, software, personnel, you know, outside expertise. But would you start with the security related investment? Is that where I should start? It's a great question. So uh, I we we would say it's often security is if if not the first, it's one of the top two things to first right. look at. Right. Um, it really depends. And as an example, earlier I mentioned sometimes membership associations have a little bit more of a more of an advantage that they've 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 got a little bit more uh, investment already have made, and they're trying to fine tune. So often when we get involved, people are most concerned about, you know, it's actually really three things. One would be, are we securing what we're supposed to secure correctly? Number two, uh, and this in any order, really, number two is, um, are we tying together? Is our information being managed and processed effectively in the right kind of a software portfolio? Are we really doing what we should be and could be doing better between the web and the things we do in ha- in-house and what our constituents do in the systems, right? That's a kind of a IT and harmony yeah, situation. Right. And, you know, and then there's other facets, too, um, where people would just say, look, I, I really want to understand, am I using IT resources effectively? Am I insourcing my staff, my staff appropriate? Um, are they talented enough? Are they are they capable or am I being, you know, candidly bamboozled, right? And yeah, fooled into right. Some false security, you know, or is my outside provider adequate? And I, I'm not trying to harp on that. I, I being part of a larger CPA firm, we, we do a lot of work around IT controls. The challenge is. These these man, managed service providers out there, there are very good ones, and there are also very irresponsible ones that are doing people's you know network management, and so we do get people calling us to say, "Can you check to see <laughs> uh, are these guys really good?" <laughs> I was going to say, you, "Is that the advice? You got to check your references. You got to make sure you do your homework on again bringing in the right kind of expertise, right?" Yeah, yeah, it goes for everything, right? But I think, and again, because IT is kind of like sometimes, at least for me, I'll speak for me. You know, going going to a doctor and asking about, you know, like, oh, so this is a recommended thing that needs to be done. I, how do you know? Right? Right. You know, how right. do you know to trust? So I think the 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 thought would be in IT, there are some objective things, and again, I'm not advertising for the CPA profession here, but. There are legitimate uh, IT auditing reports that are issued by firms like ours and many others, large, large and small, that let you know is that, as an example, that third-party provider of you know who's managing your network for you, do they have good controls in place? Are they good doing point. 
are they being audited on a regular basis? These are, they're called SOC reports, S-O-C, yeah. separate topic. But it, it, the, the point is that there are some objective capable ways to assess, are you being taken care of as a, as a nonprofit? And it comes down to just putting your data and your information in the right place with people you can trust. And it's, it's not just about the team. It's also, is there appropriate levels of controls, you know, both behavioral and technology as well. Great advice. And again, I would think as you maybe identify other keys to effective governance, this strikes me as an annual kind of assessment process, right? Just like, I guess, good strategic planning would involve an annual review of everything. And I'm yep. guessing you would say, well, let's make sure that the IT governance and that assessment occurs as well on that, I guess, regular basis. Completely. Yep. Yeah. And and in fact, it's interesting, you know, there's situations where, you know, we would get involved in, in, in annual meetings or even sometimes quarterly meetings with boards because yep. they do want to talk about how, you know, I, it's a nice situation when a board is interested, right? And says, we really don't want to just assume IT is taking care of stuff yeah, that the organization we, we govern, right? So, you know, I mean, I'm sure you, your experiences too, when you consult, I mean, when you're in, involved at board and management levels, it's, it's you know, when it when the click is click and it's it's a it's a good thing because they're getting advice they may not have in house. Well, and again, but I'm glad you're raising this because again, in some cases I've seen this where again, if it's, it's quote over my head, then I'm just going to kind of bury my head in the sand and say, well, we just assume IT is working or the the governance and so forth is occurring, but it may not be, and so that's why I'm glad you're kind of forcing this process to mm -hmm. evaluate. And I guess it leads to Bob. You know, the ideal situation would be. Do I need to be more intentional about recruiting people with this kind of knowledge, your level of knowledge? Well, it may be hard to find you to serve on my board or someone like you, but it does make me think about one, you know, getting some technical expertise as volunteers or board members, but I guess that comes with risk as well. But does that make sense in terms of a nonprofit leader saying, well, if I don't understand this stuff, maybe I need to recruit someone like Bob in my community? You know, it's a good, yeah, it, it's a it's a good place to start because um, what we see is, and and again, we have auditors on the financial side, as I used to be here, and I and I've been involved with our nonprofit client base, seeing what they've done with their audit committees, and right, right. When, you, when you you know in the, in the governance structure of a nonprofit, when you do have these audit committees, it's not uncommon now to have people that have an understanding even at a higher level, if they need to be, they may not be nuts and bolts IT, but they understand, hey, IT isn't something to be messed with anymore. It's not something to ignore and just assume that, you know, it's being taken care of behind the scenes. So true. So, yeah, that's that's where it often starts. And, and you know, board people enjoy serving on boards that have some level of comfort in this area without having to be the ones who are going to give you the, the instruction manual on how to set up your firewall. So Yeah, exactly. No, I think no one <laughs> wants to volunteer for that role, right? If I'm doing, no. that, if I'm doing that in my day job. But you know how it is, Bob, I see this, most nonprofit board nominating processes like, all right, let's get an attorney for legal stuff. You know, let's get a CPA for financial, uh, check, you, you check. know, you're looking for the expertise. So should we not add a CIO type as maybe someone to consider for, you know, now you might tell me, yeah, that's, you still need to have a more neutral assessment maybe on your technology side. Yeah, I think it's both. Um, it, it would be mature for people to have that. I think it also depends on the organization types, right? Yeah, so true. The, those that are data heavy, and some of the, some of the nonprofits out there are doing some really interesting things by by aggregating data of others and turning it into you know serviceable information. You know, I I can't imagine you know if they unless they're irresponsible, but they they ought to have 
of people you know involved in both management and the board that have an understanding of of the importance of data security and also other things around data data management because it can get corrupted too so you know yeah. i wouldn't surprise me but yes generally great advice and i and i think that would be nice not even to be self-serving but to say yeah they should have people like that you know <laughs> right somewhere right. you know it's easier easier said than done it's not you know, I agreed but, nominating yeah. is often a challenge in general and as yeah. you get more technically kind of specific, but Bob, you've raised the point effectively about the importance of assessment and, and frankly, the risk involved if we don't deal with some of these IT governance issues. But you also make a really good point, and you alluded to this earlier, about the potential for uh, nonprofit leaders to better utilize their data. Uh, I guess you've used the phrase business informatics that I want to better understand, as well as just you know, kind of a digital transformation that gives us potential. But talk about those concepts and how, uh, again, nonprofit leaders can utilize them. So that goes back to a concept, and I wish I had a better word for it, but that's kind of like harmony to me. Um, you know, yep. it's, it's the, yep. having the opportunity to see IT clicking. And to be fair to any listener, um, it, 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 it's almost never in harmony, <laughs> no matter what. No and, matter uh, how hard we know, try. Yeah, and I would argue sometimes the bigger the organization, the worse it is. But um, <clears throat> the reality is that there should be ways to enable uh, people to have a chance not just to assess, uh, really, but going back to, again, what's most important to the organization? What can they look at um, in their in their organization to say, you know, if our strategic initiatives say we're going in this direction, um, we need to make sure that, for example, all of our donors can have a chance to take a look online or all of our members can take a look online and see every transaction they've had and also look at their their committee meeting minutes and all these different things right there i'm using trying to be a little more specific to nonprofit. yeah right? good good um you know i i think that and again it could go in so many directions you know the idea is to think through what's the experience again don't think tools first people go hey i saw this demo of this great thing or my, my friend over at this association loves so this. true who cares? Honest to God, who cares? I would rather see us solve problems with improving people's information and getting things to talk to each other better and changing the naming conventions because, you know, patents should be spelled the same in system one and system two, yep. right? I'd rather see that get taken care of because it supports an organizational initiative than to worry about, oh, we need to go buy more software because everything's going to be great when we do, right? So, Such you know, a good this, point. Yeah, and that's and I guess I'm 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 trying to get back to your question about you know how do people you know really focus on on improving things better uh, in the organization and not just you know necessarily wait for the the problem to exacerbate itself through a through a breach or something. Um, but I, I really think it's coming it comes down to serving the constituents with really intelligently managed or planned information technology systems and also data structures that get you get you home. Um, if I can on that last point, yeah, I'd like please. to explore something. The, the, the concept of that data structure is so, so often overlooked, as is uh, what we consider to be uh, digital transformation change management. We'll come back to behavior maybe later, but the latter one, which is, you know, important as heck. But the, the thing that so few people think about is, you know, organizations grow and nonprofits are as guilty as, as any, if not more, of growing by having uh, essentially silo systems you know this group over here in membership is going to be creating their own membership system with salesforce okay fine the accounting group set up something over here they're using whatever it might be intact netsuite whatever and oh yeah by the way our, our development team's using this great donor management tool it's really really good 
right? And that's over here. And and you know, other organizations is our portal for 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 our, our membership is over here. Somebody else is managing that. That's super normal, right? But the problem is that as I mentioned earlier about just saying is patent <laughs> spelled the same, spelled the same. Right, right, right. You know, as the simplest example, but can you imagine how much more powerful your data could be when you want to look and see a master source of truth to like patents experience with the, with this nonprofit, if all those different siloed systems that patent and his transactions might land in were actually thought through a bit more strategically so that the data could go, Oh, Hey, I recognize you. I'm the same as you. <laughs> you nice. know, I, I see you're talking yeah. about Patton now. You're not talking about you know some somebody named Peyton. You know, so, right, right, right. So I, I anyway, I I think the key here, and it's a passion of mine, and, and and but it goes back to what your question was: was how do you get these you know organizations improving things? It can often start with something as simple as a let's let's look at the data and the infrastructure you have around it, and how can it be doing better things for you? Because once you pull it together. The analytics and the reporting actually make sense. If you don't, you'll you'll spend forever in Excel hell, right? And, <laughs> right. And we've all and been then, there. Yeah. And it's oh not yeah. Good. Yeah. No, sadly. Anyway, sorry. That's a it's a soapbox of mine that I really would well, want to get out there. It's important. I'm glad you lifted up, and I want to underline something because you said. I think there's a parallel here in terms of don't start with the technology, start with the donor experience, for example, mm -hmm. because I think a lot of nonprofits, myself included, we've been guilty of, you know, the shiny object syndrome and, and <laughs> a comparison, Bob, I'm thinking is like, you know, the latest social media craze. And we all just, you know, stop everything and have to add some new kind of gimmick or, or activity instead of asking the question you did, which, all right, but let's think about what does our donor need? Right. We don't necessarily need, you know, and I'm, I'm guessing that's part of what you're saying. Right. Before you get all uh, tangled in the technology, start with the strategic question about the donor experience. Is that fair? So true. And 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 and, and really, yeah. <laughs> yes, period. But what, what's it's remarkable how easy human nature is to say shiny object. Exactly right. It's like, you know what? I have to do this, and the only way around, the only way to get there, and gosh, I just got a budget secured for it. Is I got to go buy something. Right, right. And 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 it's like, God, slow down, please, please, slow down. Think about foresightfully what it is that matters. Why are we doing this? Are we aligned? Do we have the people to do it? Do we have the team to do it? You know, do we understand why we're going to do this, and do we have the data in place, or do we need to create new information structures? I mean, all these things matter, but it's so easy to blow past it and call up a vendor and say, Hey, can you put this in? Exactly. Without <laughs> you know? really thinking it through. Right. Or yeah. It's totally normal. But it's like, right. And, and, you know, the luxury of having those organizations that have had, that have these silo systems all over the place that have at least already been put in. It's fun to walk in like us. And I'm sure you're the same way. You're not selling somebody a big software suite. You're just saying, Hey, before you worry about buying something, can we think about what we're trying to accomplish here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's... And, and maybe, right. I mean, anyway, it's it's a it's a good role to to play, and and I wish our our leaders sometimes stop thinking about the, to your point, the shiny object, and and you know the yo-yo. Go back to what we're doing it for, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, Bob. Uh, let's talk about digital transformation. You have a strategy, a specific strategy. In fact, I think you call it the SLBI six. Am I capturing that right? Uh, you you can unpack that for us in terms of what is your strategy for digital transformation. So thank you for asking. Um, it really, it, it's interesting. We, we over the years had, had been going through processes, which really often started with a software selection request. So whether it's a for-profit or non-profit or an association or foundation, who cares? It was like people would come to us and say, hey, you know, like I said, they, they come first with, we need software, right? And, and we, we, you know, maybe they do, you know, most of the time. 
time there probably is some involvement of software or something else. But you know, we were realizing that there's a methodology to go through that is a lot more prudent than walking in and, and answering the call to put a requirements checklist together and go vendor shopping. Okay. Right. Um, right. Human nature is to is to go vendor shopping. If you're buying a car, you're buying whatever, you know, you kind of think, here's my requirements, let's go. Well, it's nice if the requirements that are put together are really well thought out in light of business objectives. And again, kind of broken record, going back to why is the business doing right. what it's doing. Right. But it all starts with this with 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 basically we call it foresight. Um, but foresight really is step one. It's an evaluation of readiness. Um, in the show notes, I think you're going to have a link to our foresight solution offering because it's a great web Absolutely. page that talks about it. And I'm not here to pump it per se by name. I'm just saying it is a it is exactly what it is. The digital transformation journey should start with foresight. And if you want to call it a readiness assessment you can it's not quite as exciting but the reality is it's a measure twice cut once and going through that that set of questions i mentioned a minute ago yeah why what who's who's on the team are we prepared are we going to succeed and if we're not what are the risks that are in our way all these things are assessed at the beginning and then you start focusing on ah now we're going to go down the path of digital transformation so because you've kind of defined what it is and you've got management aligned on it yeah right yeah we're all on the same page right Exactly. And so, uh, again, it's a process that goes through that that first experience and it moves into some risk management uh, that has to be done and mitigation of the risks you identify because you want to kind of start tackling those early, including things I've mentioned already on this on this podcast, things like fixing your data a little bit before you worry about the end. And the vendor says, hey, we're migrating data now. You got that over here? You know, and and you're kind of going, no, 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 it's over. It's in 17 places. And what do you you want us to do? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that we we go into that process and and it's a really good one to do early. And we also start preparing the team through some change management work, right? Which is let's condition everybody to understand what's ahead and why we're doing this. Getting buy-in, getting executives to understand. Digital transformation is even more difficult, frankly, than other transitions sometimes because it's dealing with the, uh, the unknown of a technological nature which people sometimes just aren't prepared for. Right, um, right. Yeah, their, cheese, their cheese moves. But, um, you know, moving into just to answer the question and kind of speed up the response a little for you is that we we move then into phases that include more effective discovery of um, essentially what the business processes that are going to be within the scope of the project are and start thinking about what differentiates the organization uh, in the digital transformation experience from, from just basic needs. You know, so if it's an accounting uh, and finance transformation, uh, the application software out there is so rich and feature rich that, you know, there's only certain things are going to be that much different about organization A and organization B, right? But we want to tell people what that is. And it's preparing vendors for the experience and develop Developing requirements documents that are actually a story, that not just some checklist that they can go shopping with. Right. And right. And then it, it ends up in the traditional process of then, okay, then we talk to vendors, we get our demonstrations, we negotiate with the vendors ultimately about the solution set that fits the scope we agreed on at the very beginning. And then the implementation can go on. And at the last piece, and again, I'm kind of getting to the NCA end game is the last piece is looking back and say, hey, did we do what we said we were going to do? Yeah. No. Re evaluation. I, I love the strategic kind of planning language and, and frankly, the emphasis there on a process that allows that type of, uh, a, you know, from start to finish uh, an assessment, mm-hmm. a, a coordination, making sure, because again, I, you said something interesting to me because the, the variation of understanding of technology within a senior leadership team at a nonprofit is probably varies widely, right? Oh, so okay. it sounds like your process would in fact, you know, get everybody on the same page, give them a, a common vocabulary and, 
Bob, I guess it varies, of course, depending on the organization size and scope, but how long does that process take or does it vary again very widely? Well, it, it the process can vary as well as the timeline, right? Okay. Um, you know, for example, I'll, I'll cover the first, uh, well, the timeline is people can get from beginning to end on a digital transformation, depending on the size of scope, right? In other words, how many, how many areas does it impact? Does it impact membership or donor management or, or does it impact, uh, you know, um, you know, grant management? I mean, who knows? Or does it encompass like 15 different areas? So depending that on scope. It. Yeah, right. Oh, totally. But you can, you can accomplish things in a number of months. Um, it is not unusual, though, for these things to be journeys that take uh, essentially multiple multiple lives to them. Because, again, sometimes if you're trying to truly transform the organization, these can be multi-year projects that that you have to bite off and take in what you can and yeah. not accelerate, not do the big bang thing. Um, but yeah, so it's but I would argue if you're a, if you're a moderate size or a medium size uh, nonprofit and you really are trying to do some digital transformation. Do it in bite-sized chunks anyway. That strategy works on each chunk. Okay? Yeah, so, right, right. Know, right. Zero and, in you know, on something, right. Yep. And it's not unusual, uh, Patton. The second point I was going to make is that these these organizations, and by the way, for-profits are exactly the same in this regard. You know, the original objective might be, hey, we need a new blah, blah, blah to do all these things and all these different functions. And, you know, once the alignment gets 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 taken care of as to maybe what's a more realistic goal, these become, you know, multi-phase, multi-year uh, experiences where you really just start dealing with, okay, what's most important? We can't accomplish all this at the same time. Exactly. Right? You prioritize then, right? Yep. And then you undertake the process because otherwise you, you can blow up an organization and, and go way out of control on finances. So, you know, there's a lot of risk. And so we just try and mitigate the risk and bite, bite the chunks you can bite, you know, at the right time. Well, Bob, this is fantastic. And again, I appreciate the journey through kind of the education of these concepts of IT governance and digital transformation and, you know, the potential for our data, but also I, I like, again, how you brought it all home, that it starts with understanding ourselves and the processes mm -hmm. we're trying to create and the, the people we serve and the donors we want to steward and all that. But as as someone listening, trying to ponder all of this good advice, is there anything else you'd add, you know, to the, the list for a nonprofit leader listening right now? No, I'd emphasize a couple of things. The measure twice, cut once adage couldn't be yeah. more applicable to anything to anything better than technology. Um, and also don't get caught up in the hype. I think you were kind of alluding to that yourself, Patton. I, I think it's a it's a great point. Um, you know, do what's right for your organization. Do it in the pace your people can consume it in. Um, uh, understand the impact of uh, what change really brings to an organization and with technology and don't don't accelerate it faster than, than you should. Um, uh, the last piece would just be always assess what risk you have in your situation, uh, whether it's around digital assets or just, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that some people need to remember is that, oh, yeah, if we don't do our job as a nonprofit, then our either, you know, name name the sponsor, you know, the member or the donor, you know, is going to get pretty upset and maybe we won't be here the next day. That's right. So, That's right. you know, let's think about what matters most and just prioritize your IT around that, your processes, your controls, your security, everything. And, and you know, that'll follow. I mean, no one's going to get mad if you if you took care of the things that matter most first, right? It's great advice, Bob, as you have provided throughout this conversation. And for that, Thanks. I'm grateful. And I know our listeners are more educated and hopefully they feel the call to action, frankly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but if I can ask for a parting gift, uh, you knew this was coming. Um, talk about a book maybe that's been meaningful to you on your journey or one that you would recommend to our listeners. 
Um, well, I, it's fine. I do a lot of reading, but uh, the, the ones that I think are really, I, it, it's such a cliched book, but <laughs> Spencer okay. John, Dr. Johnson, uh, Spencer Johnson uh, wrote Who Moved My Cheese. Yes, indeed. And I'm sure other people have recommended that, but I will tell you the impact, how people handle change, digital or otherwise, <laughs> is such a key here. And there's a, there's some other really good books on change management uh, that I would say that if people who are listening and, and they're really aspiring in their careers about around nonprofit, there's not a lot better that, that you could study as a topical area, if I can just get Great that point. quickly for you. Um, but I would say if you can study the concept of change management in general and become comfortable enough, there's an organization like ProSci, there's others out there that probably publish things, but forgetting which you ascribe to, I think it's the who moved my cheese concept is all about change. And uh, the concept of change management as a, as a discipline is something that is, I think, vital to any leader. And I, frankly, I wish I learned it a lot younger. Um, you know, it comes innate to guys like you and me, because we've been around doing this for a while. Right. But, but at the end of the day, God, if, you know, if I was, if I was, you know, new to the management teams at, at companies, you're the people at that level who are really responsible for effectuating change and managing change through your organization. And then, so just a great place to start is something like who moved my cheese conceptually. So well put. And, Thank and, you. you know, it may have been referenced, but I don't know that it has been lifted up specifically as a recommendation. So I'm delighted to do so, Bob. And you're right. It's on the shelf behind me. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm pondering your great point that change management as a leadership concept is something that, I think needs to be taken very seriously because you're right. Every nonprofit is going to go through change sooner or later. And so we mm -hmm. need to be adept at that, uh, that skill set. So thank you for that. And sure. Uh, Bob, uh, again, thanks for all of the feedback and takeaways and where can people find out more about you and, and of course the, what the great work you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Patton. Um, so, you know, again, what we're, I, I'm kind of talking about the theory and, and strategy of how we approach things. And if it makes sense, I'm more than happy to, talk to anyone about this and trying to help them mature their organizations and even their own skill sets. Um, so our, our team is best found. Again, we're part of a, a larger CPA firm uh, called Singer Lewak, uh, which I think will be in the show notes as well. Yes, indeed. And the, the SL business informatics practice is my area. And, it, and, and that's probably the best place to find us. But there is a, I mentioned earlier, the, the foresight as a solution offering we have, which is kind of a standalone, you know, people can utilize us for that and we can get out of the way if they're prepared to continue the path on their own. But it's a great solution to deal with the measure twice, cut once before you take on a huge IT commitment or, or even a smaller IT commitment where you're trying to make some changes to your organization. So um, I think the show notes will also include our foresight. It's a, it's a website of its own and it's got a lot of videos attached to it. And uh, it's just one of those things that I think is just good, good food for thought for a, a particularly an aspiring leader to kind of keep things in mind. Because again, we're not selling software. We're just trying to push people into a really good place that they may not be in today. That's fantastic. We will indeed uh, link it up in the show notes. So I will encourage our listeners to check it out. It's a great resource and I'm delighted to share it. And of course, uh, thank you, Bob, Thanks, for your willingness to, to connect with people. I hope they will, in fact, look you up. And thank you one more time for joining me on the path. Oh, this is a lot of fun. And, and you can see we're both shy about these topics, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was no struggle. But thank you for overcoming <laughs> your shyness. For well, and I wish your listeners all the best of luck in their transformational journeys around technology. So thank you again, Pat, and I appreciate that. Well, I hope you enjoy that conversation with Bob as much as I did and perhaps feel more confident navigating the challenges of technology in our nonprofit sector. With the right strategies and insights, you can successfully lead your organization through a digital transformation.
Don't forget to go to our website, patmcdowell.com, and head to the podcast page for the show notes. This is episode number 216, and while you're there, you'll find additional resources, information about Bob, and some great content that he and his colleagues from Singer Lewak are producing. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one other person who is on their path to nonprofit leadership. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Just go to patmcdowell.com, go to the podcast page, and click on the follow button. You will not miss out on any of our weekly episodes. They come out every Thursday. And while you're there, check out the episodes button at the top of that page where you can explore thumbnails of our most popular episodes or search by topic and guest name. Thanks again for all you're doing in the nonprofit sector. And if you're ready to take your nonprofit leadership to the next level, don't forget about the mastermind program. You can apply now at PattonMcDowell.com as we are accepting applications for the fall of 2023 and the spring 2024 cohorts. Have a great week. I'll see you next time on The Path.